You're listening to Menders with clinical psychologist and leadership consultant, Dr. Nicola DePaul. Each week, get a dose of real-world inspiration from free-thinking leaders, top clinicians, healthcare innovators, and myself. Looking for quick fixes or standard management tools? Try someplace else. Motivated to maximize the resilience and diversity of your team? Sustain your momentum as a leader and transform your healthcare system? Welcome to Menders. Welcome back to Menders. Today, we're going to be talking about how to cultivate community engagement or how to really get your frontline engaged. A question that I have heard a number of times from leaders is, okay, so how do I, how do I engage my frontline? How do I hear from them? How do I have a conversation with them in a way that's meaningful and that's not a survey? because we are really tired of surveys. (laughs) And I know it's true. I actually love surveys and I think that they have a strong role to play. And at the same time, man, these healthcare leaders are onto something. A survey is just a tool to elicit some information. It is not a full on relationship strategy. And what we're talking about today is really a relational strategy. How do we bridge the distance and the hierarchy or the power differential between leaders at any level and their direct reports? So, you know, wherever you are as a healthcare leader, you might be in the upper echelons as an executive, you might be a senior leader, maybe you're a frontline supervisor. There's always going to be a power differential that you need to be thinking about. And figuring out a strategy that helps you close the gap and engage in relationship where your supervisees trust you and are willing to have a two-way conversation to really share their thoughts, what's meaningful to them, and to get into the down and dirty of what they care about at work is critical. You know, in so many ways, like that is the essence of leadership. So I wanted to share some thoughts about this. So um, recently I sat down with a team. I was invited to facilitate part of a retreat and the team leader said to me like, Hey, my team is struggling to get on board or be on the same page. And um, you know, it's a cool group of folks, but they're not necessarily seeing each other as collaborators or as, um, as sharing their same values. So can you help us to get on board and really reflect on our values that are shared so that we can start building together and strengthen our community? Hey, Menders, if you're listening to this and you're a healthcare leader struggling to get a handle on the metrics that matter and you're motivated to improve employee engagement, workplace satisfaction, and overall well-being, listen up. Whether you have a tiny system or a large, complex department, 
there is a clear path you can take to go from burnout culture to cultural renewal. Go to MendingHealthSystems.com to check out my organizational well-being assessment. This mini course will walk you through an organizational self-evaluation that will help you identify your next steps to boost organizational well-being today. So pause this episode and head to MendingHealthSystems.com right now. So I was really excited to sit down with this team. And what I did was uh, a values exercise. So I actually invited each member of the team to take 20 minutes of solo time, which I don't think they were expecting as this was a group retreat. But that's where we started. And so what I encourage them to do, and I encourage you to do this too, if you want to try the exercise, it's powerful. I encourage them to start by reflecting on your, their why. And you'll hear me say this a lot. What is most important to you? Why are you here? Why are you even working in healthcare? What's your why? And then I passed out, you know, a values worksheet, nothing special or sacred, just, just some ideas. And I encourage them to reflect, okay, think about what are the values that are most important to you? At least in this moment, in this setting, pick three, pick five, doesn't matter, but start to get down and hone in on the essence of what's most important to you. And then I said, okay, now go outside, take your camera, your phone, and take pictures of those top values. Come back and bring, you know, bring your values photos back together or back to the group. And so they did, and they took time and they really thought about it and they dug deep and then they came back and they shared in community. And it was so powerful to see the values uh, that were so core and important to each of the individuals on this team. It was like they were able to reify or make real those intangible things that mattered to them and bring those into the room. And we had this conversation about values. And we also took some time to think about how do the values of each person map on to the values of each other person in this room? What's shared? What's common? And we had some time to think about, you know, are there values that are being ignored or undervalued or even violated either within the team or within the healthcare system. And so the whole team was able to reflect on that or those different questions, kind of grapple with that and and then come back together and then grapple again. Because what I encouraged them to do all together was, okay, let's pool our values. And then how can we start to think about how you can bring or create change and transformation in your daily work that helps each of you to align with your own core values and that helps the team to align with your shared values? Because it's really a place of shared value that allows us to create community 
connection, meaning, and belonging. I cannot remember who said this, but um, there's a quote that goes something like, belonging is a sense of coming home to yourself. I think that's actually Brene Brown, now that I think about it. So belonging is actually coming home to yourself. And having a sense of shared values is one of those things that allows us to go from, you know, distinct individual team members to team members with a shared sense of belonging, community, and connection. So powerful. So as you're thinking about your healthcare team and cultivating that community or frontline engagement, you may want to choose to start in that place of shared values. But there are also some other things that I would encourage you to be thinking about. Thinking about how do my frontline employees relate to each other? Do they know they have shared values? Do they have the skills or the tools to engage in healthy communication or you know, to engage and interact with each other in ways that are meaningful, in ways that promote belonging? Or is there a lot of discord? Is there conflict that's not getting addressed? Is there hostility? Are there a lot of complaints? Are there, you know, interpersonal challenges? And if that's the case, you know, thinking about what do I as the leader need to do differently to create safety here? or to address conflict in a way that is both direct and healing and that equips my people with the skills that they need. And I think that what you will find is that when you start from a place of shared values and then move into creating space for clear and direct and kind communication between your frontline members, you're really moving into a place of community engagement. And leaders within healthcare, I think, do have a particular role to play in modeling that. Modeling being comfortable with discomfort, comfortable with ambiguity, comfortable with conflict. And I don't mean comfortable with people saying things that are cruel, but I do mean being willing to speak openly and honestly within a system, within a team to resolve friction. Because just like in a family, we don't actually always get along. I know you're really surprised to hear that. (laughs) I mean, I don't know about your family, but my family, you know, there's conflict. But there's also kindness, compassion, and care. And so when those things are together, then engaging in conflict can be safe. And that's really what we're trying to create within our team. And frontline engagement requires trust of the leader, psychological safety within the space, and trust and a sense of belonging within the community. So I've got another story for you about a team that I I worked with recently, and I want to just demonstrate the power of an engaged frontline. So this particular leader came to me after what was an incredibly difficult week. 
And, um, you know, there had been an episode of, I believe, you know, threat and may, I don't think it actually resulted in actual violence within this particular clinic. But as we all know, healthcare is actually not a particular safe, particularly safe profession. Um, especially within particular settings, but you know, there's all kinds of crazy stuff or stuff that's pretty disturbing and violence comes up. So this, this leader approached me after a threat of violence and, um, asked me to meet with her and some of her leadership team or like her, her leaders who were directly impacted by what had happened. And we all sat down and we kind of processed through the pretty traumatic incident. And she asked for direct feedback from her team and basically said like, Hey, I'm an open book. Please tell me what I'm doing, anything I'm doing that's not working. How can I better support you? How can I help you and your teams to respond to this incident? you know, moving forward or prevent future incidents that are similar and help you feel really supported along the way. And I was really struck by the response of her team because what they said was basically, look, (laughs) the system as a whole let us down and we have some real safety concerns. And, um, and we've, we've not felt comfortable uh, getting, or we haven't been successful rather getting those safety concerns addressed, but also we don't see you the you know, the executive leader as the problem. We see the problem as being separate as being, you know, some systemic challenges that maybe are fixable, or at least, you know, don't seem to be under your control. And it was a really painful discussion because so many of the concerns they had really were not being addressed by the uppermost leadership in this facility. But the particular leader who sat down and took the time had such a good relationship with these leaders that they were willing to very openly and honestly have the discussion, tell her what their concerns were, And also tell her that they felt really supported by her and by her team and by their whole department. And that, you know, they recognized that there were some bigger picture facility level challenges that this leader couldn't control because they were above, you know, above that level of leadership. And they were really clear, like, hey, because you care so much for us, even though we've had this really challenging situation, we didn't feel like was well handled. We're still willing to show up for work. We're going to come back tomorrow. We're willing to continue to engage our supervisees, our employees, because they feel supported by us and they feel supported by you. So it was this really bittersweet, but beautiful interaction of systemic failure and a leader who was willing to be so present that her team felt supported despite the real challenges that weren't actually going to get fixed anytime soon, you know, did not have easy solutions. 
So I, I just share that story as a bit of encouragement to you because I know it can be so difficult as a healthcare leader in a large healthcare system. There is always something, or there are always perhaps many things that you cannot control. And while you might be on board with promoting well being, taking care of the physical and emotional safety of your people, you may be prioritizing these things. It's possible that the people above you are not, or that there are simply structures in place that make it hard for you to care for your people in the way that you want to care for them. And while that might be true, it's also true that you can create community and engage your frontline when things are imperfect, when you don't have total control, and when you're not able to fix things, even pretty significant things like physical safety considerations or, um, you know, physical safety elements within a system. So take heart, be encouraged, and just know that focusing on relationship and promoting engagement with your frontline really does pay dividends. It creates it creates a robust and resilient community and creates a tr- sense of trust, psychological safety, and belonging in the system and resilience and strength in the bond or relationship between you as the leader and with your frontline. But I will say it does require pretty radical honesty and your willingness to show up in vulnerability and to be honest about what you can and cannot control. And when there are critical elements that you cannot fix, your people need to know that you care for them, that you have their back, and that you're willing to advocate up, even if maybe you're not going to be successful. So those are just some things to think about for today as you move forward, uh, working to cultivate your frontline or community engagement. So take some time, think about how can you promote good quality communication interaction, kind and direct communication between your frontline employees. How can you show up and model that? And what can you do to really be present for your people going forward on a regular basis? Thank you for listening to Menders. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend. And don't forget to head on over to MendingHealthSystems.com to get started creating cultural transformation for your healthcare team today. Let's create transformation magic.